Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Stable of Studs Wrestling Podcast and the Bachelor Club. Yeah, I love that shirt, man. Thank you so much for joining us on Facebook Live. If you're listening to this on the podcast, feel free to hit follow if you're not already done so on Spotify. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. We would surely, surely appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, joined with me, we got the birthday boy, Adam Danger. Happy birthday, good sir. Yeah, thank yeah, you very much. Glad to be balloons. here. That's Spider-Man. Yeah. Spider-Man 21, time to have that first brewski. Oh, you know it. Now, how's your birthday been so far, man? It's been great. It's been great. Yeah. Just uh, eating a lot, hanging out, uh, watching Batman cartoons, you know, the works. The good life. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, not to pull the curtain too far back, but you're still on maternity leave, aren't you? Yeah, still on that leave. Still bonding. <laughs> bonding with the baby. That's awesome, man. Uh, you know, that that's a good way to spend it. I'm glad you're having a good day so far. Uh, and, of course, we do have Mailman Mike, but we also have a brand new stud to introduce to the Stable of Stud family and the Stud Nation. Mailman Mike, how you doing today? Before we introduce a new guy, how you doing? I am absolutely fantastic. You can call this the Stable of Studs. You can call this the Tank Rodriguez podcast. You can even call this the Fight Cast. But tonight, in this very moment, right now, is not the genesis of McGillicuddy. Oh, no. You better call this Tesla because we are fixing to electrify the entire <laughs> nation right now. Here, live and in living color. The delivery oh, man. The mailman and the paper boy are here live and in living color. Paper boy, is an official stud. Look at this. Look, oh, where is he at? We're not, we not putting him on. Is he too good looking for yeah. us? And there he oh, is. Oh, my goodness. Oh, there hey, he is. Man. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Blinding whoa, me with science. Just went from six to midnight up in here, folks. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Paper boy, how you doing? Pretty good. How am I supposed to follow that act, man? Right. No, 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 no. Jeez. See, yeah. Yeah, I, I understand it because he does it every time. He tries to grandstand and hot hot dogging us, uh, as uh, Macho once said. I think I got that reverse. Uh, but, you know. Uh, grand dogging. But, yeah, grand dogging. There we go. Hot That's a standing. new one. Hot standing. <laughs> uh, am, but, yeah, I no. I am doing good, guys. I am doing good. I have a little bit of breaking news for you. I've just been elected the president of the uh, J. Uso fan club. <laughs> and, uh, and, and and i'm so proud of him for getting into another match and ruining it the guy just screws everything up everywhere he goes um so you know in all honesty though i should say this is a disclaimer i have nothing personal against jay uso i'm sure he's a nice man but i absolutely hate the character which that means whoa, he's doing his whoa. job very well Hey, oh, Fabe, bro. Hey, Fabe. Come on, You're man. Get hot about it. You're getting hot Whoa. about it. Whoa. Don't work, don't work yourself into a shoot, brother. I'm good. <laughs> We've got the paper boy and the mailman delivering the news, delivering oh, the man. hot takes. Man. <laughs> Too bad it's not Sunday. Well, anyway, of course, we're going to be talking about WrestleMania and uh, Monday Night Raw. Uh, but before we do, uh, I do want to give a special shout out. Uh, to um, the wrestling school that I went to. It's also their birthday, their sixth, their sixth birthday. And, uh, you know, uh, I learned a lot from them. And uh, I'm so grateful that I, I got to go and I got to attend. Uh, so shout out to Chris, Chris Marvel, uh, to Mark Aguilar, and to everyone else there uh, that really uh, showed me the ropes. And uh, I really created a great friendships there. Uh, and, uh, who knows, maybe I, 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 uh, I, you know, strap up the boots one more time and, and head back over there and, uh, give it, uh, give it my all and do that DDP run as I'm about to turn 35, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, we, you, you, you never know with, uh, with, with good old tanks. So we'll, we'll see what happens in the future, but I do want to wish them a very happy birthday. I'm so proud of, of their success that they've done, uh, over the past six years, they've done great things. They've built great talent. And uh, I'm excited for, you know, what it, what they have in store for the future. Uh, but, yeah, uh, that being said, let's jump into it, guys. What did y'all think of Russell Mania? Uh, I'll start <laughs> off first here. Uh, WrestleMania, it was uneven. The first night, I think, was really good to great. 
I think there was almost an electric current that went through the entire show. Uh, we talked about it in our, our group chat. You know, it, it started, it was delayed by about 30 minutes because of a rain delay. But I think that actually helped the first night because mm. uh, it had to cut out all the fat, right? Like you had to yeah. just kind of get to the matches. And then there wasn't a whole lot of segments in between matches. You just had to get to them. And I think that kind of just had like a great vibe uh, mm-hmm. for the rest of the show, getting to Bianca Belair and uh, and Sasha Banks, which is a, was an incredible match, a very history-making match. The second night, I think, just really started in the gutter with Randy Orton and The Fiend. Uh, I was talking about this earlier with some other people. The only people come out looking good from that are Alexa Bliss and Randy Orton. The person it was meant to showcase, really, The Fiend, as you know, again, back to the bottom. Uh, that following that with the tag team match, uh, I thought it was okay, but that was more of a, a match you could have seen on Raw. So mm-hmm. the second night just really started, I think, in the in the cellar, so to speak. It just had to come up so much. I, it, it was okay. It just was very ordinary. Yeah, uh, and then yeah, your y'all's general uh, general co- uh, or review of uh wrestlemania uh for you uh mailman and paperboy and then we'll, of course we'll dive into uh each one of the matches or the important matches to us and what we thought about it go ahead um for me i was really happy because it was again like we've talked about so many times it was the first mania in years that really focused and championed the main roster championed the full-time roster mm-hmm. i had a great time the first day i i would echo exactly what Adam just said, and happy birthday, brother, yet again. Uh, I agree. The first night, I definitely think, you know, the rain delay did, like you said, cut the fat out. Um, I I worry a little bit that they took some of the time from, or that the women's uh, ter- turmoil tag took a little mm-hmm. bit of the time from Cesaro Rollins, because Cesaro Rollins felt like they were barely getting going. I, mm-hmm. I felt like that needed, that needed that extra 30 minutes or 15, 20 minutes I think really would have made that an epic story, but I loved the match to begin with. Um, the main event, oh my God. Like I I likened it to uh, the original Clash of Champions when we had Sting and Ric Flair go the 45-minute distance. I think you have the super athletic, uh, amazing upside uh, performance of Bianca Belair. But I think for me watching it, Sasha Banks is the modern female equivalent to Ric Flair. She carried that match. Wow. She made mm-hmm. sure Bianca did nothing that Bianca can't do. Like Bianca did all the moves that we've seen from Bianca in her previous performances, but Sasha tied everything together so well. I saw a fantastic review someone put together comparing uh Bianca's performance in NXT against Shayna Baszler for that mm-hmm. NXT title and that they did a little playoff of that with the uh, the f- spot with the 450 where she wasn't able to put Sasha away and the anxiety that she had after that but you purposely saw them re- you know recollect herself and kind of breathe for a minute and go okay what's next like I'm I'm in this spot I deserve to be in this spot you could see her tell this story with her face that was absolutely sublime and brilliant at the same time but for me Rick, Bianca excuse me Bianca did exceptional um really enjoyed the side of Bianca after on the pre the you know post uh mania interview where you know we saw you know Bianca Belair kind of shut down the character a little bit and just be herself and I absolutely I absolutely fell in love with her all over again like such a sweet down-to-earth person that I feel like that I guess gets overshadowed a little bit by the EST uh character point of view but um absolutely fell in love with her Second night for Mania, um, some outstanding matches. Same thing again. I feel like Zayn Owens barely got to really get going. It felt more, um, I said it before, it felt like a greatest hits Owens versus Zayn a little bit for me. Gotcha. Uh, Riddle, Riddle Sheamus, fantastic. Um, same thing, Asuka, Rhea, I felt like kind of lost some time somewhere. Like it just felt like the the ending when the riptide felt a little abrupt to me, but um, the girls had their working sh- working boots on. I felt like there there's still more story to tell there. Main event, I I really don't know how to feel, guys. Like I wanted to get I'm gonna throw to to Buck right now, but I don't know how to feel coming out of the main event. Like I felt, um, you know, little little bittersweet, I guess, ending on a heel win at the end of Mania. I can mm-hmm. understand logically the business side. Like you're still 
you know, Roman is on an unbelievable role in his heel persona, but I, I really felt like, you know, the la the, the first mania, the first show in front of a live crowd in a while, I felt like they really wanted to send that crowd home happy. Um, it'll be interesting to see Friday or where, you know, where all this leads and what's next, but, uh, yeah, I, I get the business side for keeping him champion, but I don't know on the heart and soul side. I don't know that that I wouldn't have liked to see Edge or Brian come out with the title win. And maybe I think Adam suggested it last week, maybe dropping it back on Friday just to kind of get the to get that moment and send everyone home happy. But Buck, what about you? I know how to feel about that main event on the second day. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I just felt like I felt like you got three guys in the ring. Two of them, I'm sorry, are a market level above the other one. And the one who wasn't on the level with the other two is the one who won. And I'm not trying to trash on Roman Reigns, but that's kind of how I felt about it when you've got Edge, you've got Daniel Bryan, and he just was not on the same level. It wasn't horrible, but he wasn't on the same level. And it really kind of left me going, mm, yippee ki -yay. I'm like you guys. I felt like the first day was remarkable. Um, mm -hmm. Cesaro, Seth Rollins was to my mind, a five-star match, a little short, like Mike said, but finally, finally, after all these years that we've been saying Cesaro is a main event talent, it looks yeah. like somebody's finally starting to realize that he yeah. does things in the ring that nobody else does. He gets a pop out of that crowd that few others get. That was a fantastic match. And I wanted more. Um, I also enjoyed I enjoyed the concept of the tag team turmoil. I thought if you have a two-night card, it's an awesome idea to have some con some um, congruency from the first night to the second night. Yes. The execution sucked. Mm -hmm. um, it wound up being a match on the second night that we didn't really care all that much about right. after a buildup from the first night, which is kind of an overriding theme to the, to the two days. Sasha Bianca was awesome. And my favorite part of that match, <clears throat> in and above all the great stuff that was happening, was there was a moment very early when Bianca started becoming overcome with emotion because she understood the historical significance of it. Yes. That was a moment that was very real, yes. not scripted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it really, I mean, you couldn't help but watch and feel what she was feeling. Yeah. It had a main event atmosphere, which I loved. Of course, getting the fans back was awesome. We had this great buildup to the first night that's like, oh my gosh, what's the second night going to be like? Yes. And second night just didn't live up to it. Right. Starting off with Randy Orton. understand do we lose them you guys have yeah, still? yeah we're, we're back i'm not sure what happened there <laughs> okay. so randy orton versus the carcass on the open the second night <laughs> i don't understand what they're doing with that storyline i don't understand what they're going yeah i don't understand well, what the hell they're doing with it yeah um, well, let, let's uh okay. let, let's dive into oh, that we'll, we'll well let, let's go in uh in uh and break down uh these matches and we, we can go and start with night two uh so yeah with um with with uh, Bray Wyatt and and uh, Randy Orton, uh, definitely a, a weird opener to have, uh, but I, I get it. You can't put that on. You can't put that in the middle, uh, and and, uh, and expect everyone to be okay with it. Uh, I think uh, the way that way it ended, uh, having it first really made a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, but but really, does it? I mean, I, I know I've, one of y'all mentioned that you know it, it made Alexa Alexa Bliss look good, and it made uh, Randy Orton look good. But I don't get how that really concluded with Randy Orton. Like Randy Orton didn't really. I mean, all he did was RKO uh, uh, Bray and 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 ended that match and ended the feud. Um, but I mean, really, did it did it really end everything? Was the payoff worth it? Like there wasn't there wasn't really a payoff at the end. Uh, it, all it re all it really was was just a continuation of the story, which is okay, you know, like to to have that long elongated storytelling. But really, like it just gives Randy Orton an out to not have to worry about it. And uh, and I mean, do we really care that uh, that Randy Orton set Bray Wyatt on fire anymore? Like. It doesn't matter now. We, we now we have sympathy towards him, and now he's kind of a face in, in, in a weird way. Like, uh, right. it, I, I don't know. It, what do you, well, uh, go go ahead and finish your thoughts, Buck. I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, I just want to make sure we, uh, uh, we we tackle these matches in depth. Well, with Randy Orton and the carcass, my uh, my <laughs> thoughts are, I don't yeah. know. What the hell are they doing? I have no idea. Um, Alexa was great. You're right, Alexa and her part as she has been this entire storyline she's yeah. been yeah. awesome 
But as far as the actual match and where they're going with the story, I have no clue. And it made no sense. And just Mm -hmm. for your first match on the second night, I just don't think you're, I understand why you had it open. I don't understand why you have everybody have a match where everybody's scratching their head afterwards. Right. I think, I think to to point out that buck, I was thinking about this earlier in a traditional wrestling match like that. Let's say you've got two people and one of them has a valet or a manager. And when the turn's coming, right, the valet or the manager is going to trip up their person. They're going to kick them in the balls. They're going to Mr. Fuji him, right? Like, Oh no, they've turned on their client, right? Like, like it has to be that obvious. This one was so vague. He kind of looks at her black squid ink is coming out of the crown of her head And then Randy Orton hits one RKO. I mean, we've built up Bray Wyatt to be this undead machine that came back from being burned alive. And, oh, it's an RKO and he's done. And it's like, well, I think Alexa cost him the match. Oh, how could you tell? Like, it wasn't, it was so, it was so opaque in that manner. So that's what kind of sucks. And then the next, the next night, Randy's contending for the uh, universal, no, I'm sorry, the, the WWE championship. championship. So he's gone. He's like, I've done my, I've done my duty. I did this for six months or or longer. Uh, See ya. And then really this match, the angle was about Alexa and Randy. If you think about it, because it was between them. They they had a better match at uh, Fastlane uh, than the one that was on WrestleMania. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then, of course, you know, to follow it up uh, on Raw, uh, we had Bray, uh, Bray Wyatt at, at the uh, Firefly Funhouse uh, talking about how, you know, he's, he's, he's glad that Alexa Bliss is, you know, no longer there. And but it really still doesn't under. I mean, we still we're still left scratching our heads wondering what's going to happen next. Uh, so maybe maybe there'll be a payoff down the line. Um, and really quick, is the is the next is the next pay-per-view really called WrestleMania backlash? Yeah, yeah it is an extend. Uh, they, they, they're extending WrestleMania. So they're just branding it. So if anything that we don't like after this weekend, they can say, well, wait for backlash. Cause that's still technically part of WrestleMania. Yeah. It just, it, it's really discombobulated. And, it, and it, we're kind of, I mean, granted, I, I think I, I made, I made a, we made a couple of comments uh, before WrestleMania saying, I don't know what, what they're going to do, and I'm excited about that. But now I still don't know what they're going to do, but now I'm kind of just like, I don't really care what they do now. Like It, it just really doesn't it, – it just I, I don't have anything invested in, in, in this story. And so let's see what happens, you know, uh, but we, we can move on to another match. Um, let's go and go to night one and, and really go a little bit deeper into the Lashley versus Drew match. Uh, first of all, what were y'all's thoughts on it being the uh, the first match of the night or of both nights? I think with the historical significance of the first night's main event with Bianca and Sasha, and I meant to say it just hit me like a lightning bolt. I'm sorry. Uh, I meant to say if you've not had an opportunity to look at Reddit, I was just talking with Buck about this. There's a fantastic picture that someone took during the main event of the entire main roster women's you know cast for lack of a better word coming out you know incognito into the crowd to watch that match that is probably one like it it is one of the most beautiful photos i've seen taken because heel and face you have oscar next to bailey versus next to mandy next to like right on down the line and it's all them in a sign of solidarity coming out and wanting to feel that moment and how incredible that was but um do uh to go back um i'm i'm goodness i'm sorry i was so that thought hit me like a lightning bolt i'm sorry like am i yeah, no, for sure. just showing what, well no what and, we... and i think even before even before the uh, during the pre-show i think jbl said it best like granted it was the first the first main event with with two african-american females having the main event but he's like it, it's not uh, it, it's not, uh, you know, history, you know, we're making history for women's history. We're not making history for African, African-American history. We're just making history. And, and that speaks volumes because it's more than just two African females. It, it's more than just uh, two African females have the main event. It's such it's, it was such a powerful movement. And uh, and it delivered. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, I mean, that like, if you think about like, uh, like yeah. far better. Those two gorgeous ladies de- delivered far better than Rhonda, Becky, and Charlotte did, and I'm sorry. Absolutely, because you know, that you know, like I'm sorry that 
main event is held in such high regard for being the first, those two girls blew them out of the water. Like, right. And, even... and and honestly, like the two matches that stick out for me in 2021, uh, it's Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. And now it was definitely yeah. uh, Sasha, you know, uh, Sasha and Belair. You know, and it's two, it was two female matches, which if you listen to the show and you know, like I'm a, I am hard on the female wrestling because it's not, in, I mean, it, it's nothing against women. It's just not enjoyable, but the two best matches of 2021 so far have been women's matches. And it, it, it's amazing. It really is. Uh, but going back to it, uh, uh, but the Lashley and Drew match uh, being first. Yeah. What were, what were y'all's thoughts on it being first and what were y'all's uh, thoughts on the match overall? Something, it just hit me like as, as you were saying that too, it, when we were thinking <laughs> of like talking about uh, topics to discuss today and it ties to that, what you're speaking about. Um, if there's time, like I would love to touch on that incredible Jericho and Austin podcast, but yeah, I bring that up because of something that Chris said during, during that interview where he said, if you can't be last, you want to go out first. And I think yeah. that was the thought process with Drew and Bobby Lashley, both being, being the guys to go out there and get that first, you know, incredible reception from the crowd and yeah. to feed up that energy and like, just light that building on fire. And uh, I I enjoyed the match. I don't think it's the best the two of them could do, honestly, but I wanted to hear what yeah. you guys thought. Uh, I, I have a question on that. No, go go ahead. ahead. No, no, go ahead. What's your question? I get about you wanting to bet, you know, batting lead off, but this is like the second or third time in the last few pay-per-views. I can't remember exactly where we've seen the WWE title match beyond so early. You're pushing Bobby Lashley as being this almighty, wondrous God holding the title. And why does he have to be on so early in the card? Why does he have mm -hmm. to be on first? Mm -hmm. and especially, I mean, and, and the match didn't really – Okay, batting leadoff, great match. I'm with Mike. I didn't feel like it was a, you know, it was a decent match. Wasn't the best those two guys could do. And I'm still waiting for Bobby to show us something of what what makes him unique, what sets him apart as a champion. We've yeah. seen big bad, I'll whip your butt before, but what sets him apart? <laughs> one one thing I wanted to add, I'm so glad you mentioned the Thunder Rosa Britt Baker match. I thought that and I haven't you know, I haven't been on the podcast a couple times, but um, I thought that was a landmark, a landmark groundbreaking match for that division. Yes. And for AEW, especially since that was coming right off the heels of the uh, the blowing up bottle rockets. And so I'm glad <laughs> you think that. that I'm glad you think that that's one of the two best matches of the year because I'm in full agreement. I was absolutely my jaw hit the jaw hit the floor watching. I didn't think Thunder Rosa or Britt Baker was capable of that. I am sorry I was wrong. That was an outstanding match. But, yeah. again, going back to Drew and Lashley, I mean, it was okay. Didn't think it was a good leadoff. It, yeah. uh, it, it was okay. I like Lashley. I think Lashley last year had a great WrestleMania against Aleister Black in kind of a, a thrown-together match. And I was a little worried that they might be – both a little slow and stiff and be like, Ooh, is this what we waited uh, for? But, you know, overall it was good. Uh, I was surprised that Lashley won. I really thought Drew was going to get it back and try to get that his WrestleMania moment. Uh, yeah. But it was, but it was, a, it was a clean finish too, right? There wasn't as compared yeah. to night two, there wasn't any chicanery. There wasn't a Jey Uso coming out there and screwing things up. So uh, yeah. what you get traditionally, I think we talk about, we talk about WrestleMania's being uh, the ending of angles and being clean uh, one, two, three, or submissions in the middle of the ring, right? Like without chicanery, without the usual mm -hmm. um, uh, gimmicks. But so again, starting it off, it was it was good, it was fine, but it was terrible. Uh, and yeah. again, we were uh, Tanner uh, Tatooine Tanner Tanner Turdway was with me watching it, and he had pointed out like you know this isn't the first time the WWE Championship goes on first. You know Seth Rollins and Brock I think went on first at a WrestleMania yeah. maybe two years ago. So there is a precedent for them. We thought at the time, oh Brock just wants to get the hell out of here. Let's just get him in here <laughs> and fly him out. But the, you know they have shown in the past where hey let's put this match on first. Boom boom boom. And get the night yeah. started. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, now you you don't. And my my thought process is, you don't have Lashley and Drew, then you know Sasha and, and Bel Air. You know, I mean, 
you you take you, i mean you there's someone you get the wind knocked out of you from a, a championship match and then something else follow i mean and to have that followed up with uh it, it made sense for it to go first and i'm glad they 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 did it the way they did it now a couple of things too that i i, I want to mention uh as far as drew losing and and, and i think it, it's a good thing that drew lost um uh, listening to uh, you know the Stone Cold podcast with Undertaker, now I don't know. I mean, there was something that he said that that made so much sense to uh, to me uh, was that he wasn't a good champion, but he was a good champion chaser. You know, climbing up the ladder, you know, climbing up the ladder to get to that point to to win the championship. That was more entertaining than him actually being the champion. Now, if you remember, if you go back a couple of years ago to win uh, the Royal Rumble when Drew knocked out Brock. That was more exciting. I mean, granted, yeah. COVID, et cetera, et cetera. You know, can you imagine that feeling of him actually capturing the, the championship after after that storytelling, if there were people in the, in the audience? And, yeah. you know, you think about it, it's like, yeah, you know what? I want to see I want to see him go over the obstacles uh, to uh, obtain that championship. And, and And so I think we might see that again. And maybe, and and hopefully, if they do it right, uh, we'll we'll see. Uh, you know, Lashley, and, and and going to what you were saying, Buck, as far as seeing something different, I like what they do with Lashley. I like how it, it's it's very big man moves. It's nothing crazy. It's nothing off the top of the rope. It's a big man doing big man stuff. As far as you know, it's punching, it's kicking, uh, it's the hurt lock. And, and that's it, man, like the five moves of doom. And, you know, because he doesn't need to do anything else. I enjoy that. And it, it, it now <laughs> I, I say that when uh, with, with with a grain of salt, because I'm so glad that MVP is with him, because I don't think without MVP, you have the star power uh, that Bobby Lashley has now. Um, and, and so and maybe. Uh, we, we just need, you know, a, a different type of uh, opponent for uh, for Bobby Lashley to really uh, to really embrace what he um, what he does in the ring. Uh, that. th that's just my opinion on it. As far as you know, big man, like you think about someone like Vader. Vader did, I mean, pretty much the same moves that Bobby Lashley does, except for the Vader bomb, you know, and, and the, the somersault off the rope. But, uh, you know, those are big man moves, you know. So I, I, I personally appreciate that. Uh, and and uh, it, it's something that you don't get a lot nowadays. Now, maybe maybe people feel like that, and you're probably not alone, Buck, uh, as, as far as because we're so used to these days seeing, you know, high spots. I mean, it's high spot after high spot. But if you really look at the storyline that he tells in a match, it actually means something. Like it, 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 it they're great moves that he he does, and he does everything with a purpose, you know. So um, that's just my opinion on it. Uh, but I, again, we can, um, but great thoughts, you know, great, great, great thoughts. Uh, let's see what other match can we get into for night Omos and AJ. Hey, let's let's just do Omos oh, yeah. and, and AJ, and uh, yeah, what were y'all's thoughts? Uh, start off with uh, Adam. Uh, I thought it kind of went what we uh, expected the match to be. AJ bumping around a lot. And the real choice, the real test was to see what Omos could do. And to me, there's like a, a paradigm of big men. Um, the lowest level you've got, you know, uh, you've got not Jinder Mahal, which is his name, who just got inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, Great Kali. You've got Kali on one end and the other end, you've got The Undertaker, right? And I think I think Omos proved to be kind of in the middle. He reminded me a little bit of like WCW Kevin Nash, right? Like he's pretty big. He just needs to do like the snake eyes on the turnbuckle, a big boot, uh, a power bomb. And so when he came in, I he looked great, right? Like none of the none of the kicks and the punches that the New Day had really phased uh, Omos at all. So he came out looking like a million bucks, which what you want. Now you've got like another big, a solid uh, monster that now I want to see him against Braun. I want to see him maybe mm -hmm. in Randy. Uh, and again, he doesn't have to have, just like you were talking about, Tank, he doesn't have to be doing two tope suicidas, and he doesn't need to be doing <laughs> off-the-top-rope elbows or anything like that. But if he just does big boots, maybe a leg drop, uh, a power slam, choke slam, just kind of keep it to that simple move set, he could be very, very effective. I thought that was great. Um, glad he and AJ have the belts. Again, I think AJ looks great with a belt. Omos 
looks great with a belt. I think sometimes we do that too. Is like we give these guys these championship, a uh, tag team championship runs just to see, okay, how does this guy look with the, I'm sorry, it's not a belt. It's a title around their waist, <laughs> around their shoulder. And that way you can forecast in, you know, 18 months or so. Could this guy hold, I don't think he's going to hold a U.S. title. He'll go straight to the uh, world heavyweight belt. But it was a good match. It was. I was glad to see that he could work. He wasn't a total stiff. Absolutely. Go ahead, Melman. No, um, that match. Couple different feelings. One, in our group, I think it's for those people that can enjoy a Scorsese movie and just appreciate the art form. For our group, unanimously, AJ Styles is still the best in the world. And it, to mm. much to Adam's point. It isn't about 450 splashes. It isn't about the spinal tap off the spiral tap off the top rope. All the athletic <laughs> stuff he's done throughout his career. Uh, he is an, an amazing talent. And you can see in that match, like the ring generalship that he has, you know, carrying the workload initially. So when the tag to almost came, it meant like, oh my God, here he comes. And you could see just the brilliance in the work that he does. Um, the flip side for me kind of following, you know, wrestling online and on Twitter, as I kind of alluded in our, again, in our private messaging group, but for the listeners, I wish we got Kofi Kingston versus Mustafa Ali this year as the wow. two of them uh, have been working kind of their own angle on mm -hmm. Twitter a little bit. And if any, if ever any individual should have been on that WrestleMania card and that you could make a strong case for Nakamura, you could make a strong case for Ricochet, you could make a strong case for a hundred guys that are probably being underutilized, Keith Lee, Alistair Black, etc. Mustafa Ali has busted his rear end to make this retribution craziness mean something with his yeah. promos, with his work ethic. And I really wanted him to get that uh, that spot, but unfortunately not to be. What we got, I think Adam summarized perfectly, I think almost made his moves mean something. And it was really cool to see the New Day sell in a different way for a big guy like you said the you know throwing the drop kick and the guy didn't move like we didn't get the the standard wrestling you know book of moves 101 where they try and shoulder block the guy and tackle and drop down. down tackle drop yeah, down do it again those, yeah all exactly all of those those traditional spots that come when a giant is in the ring i uh, was very very happy really love that that take on the power bomb that he does that you know that riding bomb where he lifts the opponent up from under the arms and kind of lets them free fall back in that it's a different take on a power bomb but with his size it means something like the impact is really like uh, uh significant it really stands out when kofi took that bump to finish it uh i worry he didn't do too much to bend a little bit so i worry that his knees aren't so great like after that first backbreaker where he bent Kofi over his knee the second you know Bret Hart style sidecar backbreaker he didn't really go mm -hmm. down for and then with the pin he just put his foot on him now is that is that set in such a way to make the big man look impressive or is that set in such a, a way that this is a former competitive college basketball player that can't bend at the knees enough so I need to see I need to see what he can do you know can he get up and down off yeah. the mat no does he doesn't have to <clears throat> bump and feed just like you said tank and and you too adam he doesn't have to bump and feed like a you know a mustafa ali or kofi kingston would right but you hope you hope that eventually when it is that matchup like adam alluded to when it is him and braun when it is him and randy orton can he sell and can he do you know just the same way andre did like andre could make roddy piper look believable against him despite being you know almost two feet shorter you know, with his intensity and Andre would sell and Andre would get on that mat and would have to fight back to his feet can mm -hmm. almost do that. I get, you know, it remains to be seen, but Buck, how about you? I thought the match was fine. I thought AJ did exactly what they wanted him to do and getting the, you know, helping the big guy get over. Um, selfishly, I want to see AJ in different matches and bigger matches. Yes. I feel like this guy should be almost being a world title match every single pay-per-view. Um, but as far as the match and what they wanted to do with this match, it was fine. I, I, I didn't love it, didn't hate it. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty much, you know, what it was going to be built. Yeah, I mean, the thing about AJ Styles is, AJ, I mean, I'm glad you brought up Roddy Piper too. AJ Styles is one of those wrestlers uh, that doesn't need a belt to really stand out. Everyone knows how great he is, and and 
is in the conversation for the best, you know, in the world right now? Absolutely. Like, without a doubt. And putting putting the titles on them, I I don't think it solidifies them as being like, you know, a great, you know, a great tag team. I just I think I think it's more so for for Omos uh, to really just be seen as, as this giant beast of a monster. Uh, and, uh, and, and I think it's going to elevate his, I mean, uh, his, um, his stock, uh, as a, you know, a, a, leg- a legitimate wrestler. And of course, yeah, we'll see w- w- how he actually works in time, but for AJ Styles, he definitely doesn't need it, but yeah, the match, what it was, what it was and it, and it, and it served his purpose. Um, but, um, but yeah, uh, that's pretty much, I mean, there's, there's not really too much to break down on that match. I don't think, um, and really quick, because I have, uh, and speaking of AJ Styles, uh, one of um, one of our, one of our uh, fans here, one of our listeners, a good friend of ours, uh, Emmett, uh, he wants to talk about uh, how horrible the drum match was. <laughs> uh, so Emmett, thank you so much for uh, wanting us to talk about um, and talk about this match. And I'm going to tell you honestly, uh, I went to <laughs> I, that, that that was my my break uh, my break match. I, I kind of stepped away because I kind of knew what I was getting myself into. Uh, but I will say this. Uh, I'll, I'll go first on this. Uh, regardless of the gimmick that they have Apollo Crews going with, um, as far as with his fake Nigerian accent, um, uh, I am glad. Like when the pandemic happened, it kind of looked like he was out the door. And I think there might have been like, I mean, someone might have told me about some sheets uh, about him being like out the door, like not in, uh, almost being let go. Uh, and then when 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 uh, you know when the pandemic kind of you know started to ruin wrestling or attempt to ruin wrestling, uh, Apollo Cruz got that push, and uh, we actually saw what he was capable of doing. And granted, give me you know this horrible Yapa Pie strap match kind of gimmick match deal. Uh, I I could give two shits about it, but seeing Apollo Cruz work and seeing the little bit of the match that I did. I'm glad that man had his WrestleMania moment, and I, I hope more more is to come from him. But we'll go and get your thoughts on uh, on the match, uh, what y'all thought about it. Uh, but we'll go and start with Buck. Let's let's go with you first, man. Uh, I thought the Nigerian drum theme wasn't needed. Um, you can have a all you know, no holds barred, no no DQ match. The Nigerian thing I get was to play to the angle a little bit, but I didn't quite understand <clears throat> what its purpose was. Right. Paul Cruz winning is fine. I think he's got a lot of talent. I think he's there's a lot left there. And I think Biggie's run, right? Biggie's run was uh, it was about time for it to end. So, you know, I, I again, I, I guess that would be a case where I'm not sure the stipulation, the theme, really added to the match. Man, just let him wrestle. Right. Go ahead, uh, mailman. It's it's such a contrast. Well, wait, for me. wait, wait, oh, wait. Yeah. But Biggie won, didn't he? No, no. Oh, Vernon no. Reed from Living Color jumped in. Oh, and uh, oh. and cost Biggie the belt. <laughs> the uh, wow. the rechristened Commander Aziz. You'll find out on is Friday. that his name? That's Baba, Commander Baba Aziz. Been, yeah, That's has been right. has been rechristened. Yeah, Commander Aziz. Now, uh, it's so funny because last year coming out of the Royal Rumble, there was such an underground movement for Big E to be in the spot that Brian and Edge were this year. People were clamoring. I remember we talked about months ago when, you know, if Tanner was on the podcast tonight, Sonata in New Japan, where people were clamoring for him, you know, earlier in this year in the G1. Same thing. People were absolutely coming out of their skin hoping for the split with New Day, with Kofi and Xavier going to Raw, they felt like Big E was the heir apparent for this year, that this would be his mania against Roman, and that was the direction everyone thought then that this was going. You know, the promos on Talking Smack with Paul Heyman, a number of things that they were using to point to it. For me, a a few of the people that watched the show with, uh, with Paperboy and I, are down on Apollo because not that he hasn't put the work in, but kind of uh, even more true to form, kind of what we were talking about with Bobby Lashley. He, he went from the guy that was always smiling, even when he would lose, even, you know, when he wouldn't get on TV 
to all of a sudden, like, this is my heritage and coming with this heritage is an accent, you know, kind of the inverse of Kofi where he had an accent and then didn't now he didn't, but now he does. And he doesn't, he doesn't need it. If Jimothy James Dean was on here, he could attest with me how absolutely incredible Uha nation is and the matches even before he got signed with, you know, uh, God rest his soul, one Luke Harper, Brody Lee on the independence, what that man physically can do, uh, like even comparable to Ricochet, comparable to a Will Ospreay, comparable to a Phoenix of like how athletically gifted that man is and how he can make it mean something spending time in Dragon Gate and, and the companies overseas that he did. Um, we haven't got to see Apollo Crews unleash what he's capable of athletically, but it goes to show WWE's antiquated mindset of what a heel is you right. automatically have to affix a a foreign aspect to it you know rusev <laughs> had to be russian you know like yeah. lana has to be lana had to be russian um and then you have to dumb down the moveset oh like you're a heel you can't do anything exciting completely spitting in the face of champions that they've had like edge like Shawn michaels that could do wow type things but because it's a heel, like you can't do anything to pop the crowd and how antiquated that is when you're employing a number of people who are in the field that they are because they're creative people. You know, that's the whole joy of AEW, the creative aspect of what they do ties to the passion they have for, for this line of work. And I feel like there's so many guys being stifled and I look at Apollo and I look at how the fans kind of respond to him you know, we're and and the the visceral reaction online to like, oh, this guy with his joke accent and everything, and it breaks my heart. Yeah. That I hope with Pat with um, I keep wanting to say Pat Patterson with Bruce Pritchard booking SmackDown. If nothing else, I genuinely hope we get to he gets to show what he's capable of Absolutely. because the IC title has for its lineage been the workhorse belt. I hope right. we get to see him show what he can do. Um, but without the gimmick, the gimmickry of the the Nigerian drum fight that we saw at Mania. Yeah, and, and I think I think you have to find that balance, though. I mean, because you you don't want you know to tell the guys like, oh yeah, just go out and get your shit in, and have those you know those moves mean absolutely nothing, and then and then the crowd become you know so numb to it where you have to. You know, you have to do like nine twenties off the, you know, the steel cage just to get a pop, you know, uh, and, and then, but of course, in, you, you don't want to just be like, uh, like I mentioned earlier with, with uh, Bobby Lashley, uh, you don't want to be uh, just the same old you know, punch and kick and, and, and then, uh, you know, finish and, and go home. Uh, you got to find that perfect balance of, of being a heel and, yes. and, and finding that moveset that's going to work for you. While at the same time telling the story, you know, telling that story from beginning to end, uh, and and so I mean, and I think you're right too. Um, if WWE is really doing like as far as like you're a heel, uh, so you can't you can only do heel moves. Uh, yeah, it is setting it back a little bit, and um, it, it, it is antiquated. It really is. It it, it it's tired, but but it, again, it's all about finding that balance and. And uh, as Jimothy James Dean <laughs> said, once that old man dies, maybe <laughs> maybe it'll change. Uh, but it, you know, it, you never know. I mean, um, uh, again, we saw a great night one, uh, and, and and not and a not so great night two. Uh, so they're doing some things right in, in 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 the eyes of the fans, and they're doing some not so things right. You know. Um, let me let me say this. I want to I want to say something. You know, I appreciate what Mike said. I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going to I'm going to see if I can contradict him here. Uh with Apollo Crews, you know, he's been on on Raw and SmackDown for several years now. I used to love watching his matches. He'd do these like standing moonsaults and and do some like incredible moves and it didn't get him anywhere. He didn't go anywhere. And yep. now he's got he's got a gimmick accent, right? And he's not working. He's not doing as many moves. And now he's the IC champion winning at WrestleMania. So sometimes, you know, yep. we, we argue a lot about uh, what does it take to be a star? And sometimes, and I think a lot of wrestlers will tell you, less is more. Less mm -hmm. is more. Yeah. Develop the yeah. character, the ring psychology. You do not, just like Tank said, you don't have to keep doing like 950s and all kinds of like uh, elaborate moves if maybe just a simple working punch will do the yeah. job. And, yeah. and so I've, 
you know, I've wanted Apollo Crews to succeed for several years because that guy was killing himself on, you know, the third hour of Raw and, yeah. you know, opening up SmackDown. And in a way, I think him doing less and, and finding this this gimmick uh, has actually worked to his his, his um, benefit. He's actually on WrestleMania now. He's he's yeah. got a IC championship. You've made two stars now. You didn't. You just had one yeah. star in in Big E, uh, who you know I talked about last week, saying, "Hey, he's going to drop the belt," but I can see him going this summer to work with Roman for the belt. And mm -hmm. now instead of just having that one star drop the belt to you know. Look at what happened with the U.S. title. You give it to Matt Riddle. Didn't really do anything. Didn't really make Matt Riddle uh, a champion. Uh, mm -hmm. But this case, you've dropped the belt to um, to Apollo Cruz, and he's still somebody. Like I'm not saying he's the biggest star, yeah. but he's definitely somebody that we're kind of interested in. Let's see what his next program is. So, uh, yeah, like, like I said, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go back on you on that and just say like I don't need him to do more standing moonsaults. I just need to see him maybe do a really oh, good no. stiff working punch, a lariat. And still say like you know maybe uh, but still use heelish tactics and and now he has I guess a heater uh, in uh, in General Aziz which I gotta say like I thought that was Mace from Retribution I thought oh he's already got a gimmick change this is crazy but I didn't realize this was somebody totally different um, when he came out so yeah that was another bummer is is I thought the gimmick itself. You know, it should have just been a regular street fight or a lumberjack match. Maybe that would have been more interesting. Yeah. Uh, but I thought Apollo should have gone over. He should have gone over in kind of a, maybe a fast count or something or a pin up, uh, a roll up. Um, I didn't think there needed to be like a heater come in, but he's in. Like I said, you've got two people. You still have Biggie. You now you have uh, Apollo. Let's see what their two angles are going to be going forward. I like that. I, I can get behind that. Uh, and really, really quick, just going back to uh, the Lashley Lashley topic. What did y'all think about uh, <laughs> um, old retribution guys uh, jumping in last night um, at the end uh, at the end of Raw? I thought it was cool. I thought they went from you know anti capitalist retribution revolutionaries man to like heroes for hire to mercenaries to ultimate capitalist right like oh yeah you're gonna pay me and it just keeps going it works so well with mvp right he's cutting these deals and he's paying guys to do work for him he's cutting deals mm -hmm. with the miz and stuff so uh it was kind of exciting it wasn't like the greatest reveal in the world but i thought oh that makes sense i like that yeah i think it should be good i just wanted to ask get y'all's opinion on that real quick i was like yeah what the hell's going on i i i personally like it too uh, I like how we did, nothing was said except for the commentators, uh, and it was just kind of like left at that cliffhanger, like the good cliffhangers that raw that wrestling used to bring us each and every week that would bring us back next week. Now, is it the best one? No, um, but uh, you know, it, it's like you know what? I'm interested. I want to see what happens next week, uh, and, and I'm ha I'm happy to see something different going on uh, with the hurt business, and hopefully, it, it stays around. Um, Really quick, because I do want to end it with Banks and Bel Air. What did what? Where's y'all's thoughts on Oscar? You know, uh, you know, doing doing the uh, doing the job for Rhea. We'll start with Mailman. Uh, kind of, I alluded to it a minute ago. I think it just felt very short, very abrupt to me. Like the mm -hmm. the, the ladies felt like they were building some steam. Like it felt very reminiscent of the Charlotte Rhea match from the last year. Mm -hmm. that it was just getting into that second gear and we hadn't even gotten to third yet when when the the riptide finish came out of nowhere um some you know a member of our viewing party i'll say you know who shall remain nameless fell asleep that's what you call that's what you call pull, pulling a danger Oh yeah, and you know it's sad because you know, those ladies, that incredible bump off the apron to the floor, mm -hmm. like nobody, nobody on that show, you know, outside of Apollo taking that, that Uranagi to the steps, going back to that match, nobody is taking bumps like that. And those two ladies, either way you take it, that bump couldn't have been good for either of them. They yeah. went out there in a spot that you don't, is it second to last, like a spot that you don't want to be in. That's usually, right. what is it? The Brodus Clay come out and dance with a bunch of people dressed <laughs> like his mom. In that that spot where they come out, the, the Bellas yeah. do something. Um, yeah, they were in that that spot that nobody wants to be in. 
and they busted their ass like and so I, I it broke my heart that it it felt kind of flat and even on the next night you know felt like yet again like there's more story to tell here i you know from the looks of raw probably going into a three-way but mm -hmm. uh but yeah they're so they're so incredible and and such incredible workers i don't think we got the best of them on mania so i'm interested to see where backlash goes gotcha i think we're seeing with you know with rhea ripley what i like and what i thought some brilliance by wwe is that you know Asuka has kind of been trying to carry this thing since Becky left and since Charlotte's been out. So let's bring in somebody completely new. We're not new to the wrestling fan, not new to the wrestling fan himself, but somebody new on that kind of right. elite scene. And yeah. I think Rhea, I think Rhea is right there. I think her character is about 80% developed. You know, mm -hmm. understand what I mean by that? I think she's, mm -hmm. she's, she's getting right there. I'm not sure Asuka is the best person for her to work with. Um, I could see her have some fantastic matches with Becky. Um, maybe even Charlotte. Um, just not sure, Oscar. And I think for me, Oscar's a tremendous wrestler. Yes. Eh, the gimmick's trying to wearing on me a little bit. Um, she's like all kind of crazy and saying crazy shit, and you know. And I get it. You know, whether you want to play up language barrier, whatever, I get it. But um, I just liked, hey, here's somebody new. You know, until we get the Becky back or whether it's Charlotte or whether we ever get Rhonda back or whatnot, whatnot. I like that we went with somebody new. I agree with Mike. I think, you know, as again, Rhea's got about the character 80% developed. I thought the match was 80% developed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, need yeah. just a little bit more, but definitely there's, you know, and I'm glad they rematched the following night. Would have liked again, a little bit more than 80%, but I, I think they're getting her. And I like what she brings to the table. I'm kind of, I'm excited to see what happens with her. There's a there's a take in NXT that Rhea was an unfinished project. Um, there is a I was just reading uh, some articles and some some takes on her that uh, the one and only Scotty Tuhati is largely responsible for both Rhea and on the NXT front Raquel Gonzalez's development mm, as yeah. far as like finding a finding a pulse. You know, as Landon uh, as Buck just uh, alluded to, uh, and I think, yeah, I think she is still a little bit of a work in progress. I think even she has come out and said that the the character-driven stuff, the uh, the promos, the like I said, the character work is her weak spot. And so it'll be interesting to see how, with the producers that they have on Raw uh, or on SmackDown, depending where her career trajectory takes her, I think she's going to be one of those, like Elias, like, you know, even, uh, I hate to say the name Corbin, that will <laughs> will be more successful on the main roster than they were in NXT. Not to say, not to make light of what her time in NXT was, I think she's going to be one of those that translates differently from the NXT system to how they do things on the main roster and that they mm -hmm. will, like, you already have, similar to a Max Caster in AEW, the, the, the yeah. raw moldability is still there mm -hmm. let us take you where you need to go like you have all of the other blueprint pieces there just trust us we will take you where we need to go and i think we're going to see you know a fully fleshed out rhea ripley within the years to come go ahead adam i was going to say uh that match was fine i started fantasy booking what if the iconics got back together and then they were like the muscle or the goons for Rhea Ripley, and they did a whole like Mad Max, uh, Fury Road kind of game because she kind of does have a Mad Max. Uh, yeah, uh, Rhea five. Ripley has a Mad Max yeah. gimmick, but so then I tweeted, I tweeted at Rhea Ripley. Oh no, I tweeted at Billy Carroll. I was like, "Are you friends with Rhea Ripley because you're both Aussies?" <laughs> and I got to be honest, she did not write back. I actually oh, tweeted okay. Shayna Baszler too Saturday night or Sunday. And she did not uh, uh, tweet back either. So Shayna tweet Billy back, Kay, but Rhea, you did get that restraining order on you, didn't you? I mean, it hasn't been delivered to my real address. It's been delivered <laughs> to the PO box, so <laughs> technically I've not received it. But I do want to see like a three-person Australian stable. I think that would be pretty yeah. cool. I think that would be good for real. Like get these people because obviously Billy Kay has all the personality for all three of them. Uh, Peyton's, Peyton's yep. getting there. She's not as good, honestly. When they split up the iconics, Billy Kay is actually. I feel like done better than Peyton. Yeah. Uh, but maybe put the three of them together and maybe the three of them together have something more than individually what they have. But that's just kind of fantasy book in there. 
Dude, no joke. Like just off topic, since you mentioned it, Billy Kay has been doing some of the best work uh, as far as like being like the uh, the, com- the the comedic relief, but also then putting in the work in in the yeah. ring, man. Like yeah. she, like I, I <laughs> it's not because it, it, it's it's definitely not like uh, you know like a bashing women again. But I, I love I, I love a woman that can hit the ropes. You know, and actually, like, look like they're hitting the ropes and not just kind of like bouncing off them. Uh, and Billy Kay is one of those ones like, man, I just love watching her work in the ring. Uh, so, yeah, that would actually be pretty fun. Uh, but as we come to a close, I do want to end it with, um, with, I mean, look, was it my favorite match? No, it was my second match, second favorite match, but I, I my favorite, my all time, my favorite one was uh, Cesaro and Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. But, I will, I will say this really quick. The Sheamus and Riddle match, I think that was a sleeper. I'm going to have to go back and watch it. Yeah. And I think that yeah. was going to be an underrated match, and especially the finish. Yeah. That finish was amazing. Uh, I mean, on both both parts uh, of Riddle and yeah. Sheamus. But uh, maybe that's a, a, another topic for another day. We, we do like a, a, a another show this week. But I do want to end it with, um, with, with Banks and Belair, as far as the match itself, what it means, and where Belair goes. So I'll open it up to the floor. And, and who do you think Belair? I mean, does Belair go with Sasha again? Uh, do you think that uh, someone else comes in the fray? What's next for Belair? Where do you go from here? Well, That's I think I'll, I'll I'll kick off yeah. here. Obviously, it was a great match. Uh, we talked about it before. I, I liken this more to like the mega powers. Like Sasha is way more like uh, Randy Savage, real colorful, mm-hmm. high flying, um, you know, uh, a real big personality. And Bel Air is what Hogan wants to be. Bel Air is like super athletic. But like the most baby face we've seen in decades, right? Yeah. This even goes back to Royal Rumble. Like when she won the Royal Rumble, that was genuine, sincere elation. Mm -hmm. And they show video of her parents, like just getting hyped for her and like getting ecstatic for her winning. So like these are sincere, real moments of elation and hope. And so for us fans, when we see someone like genuinely get excited, then that even like ups our own uh, excitement and appreciation, right? If somebody's like too cool for school, like, yeah, I want it, whatever. This isn't a big deal. If someone's like Ronda Rousey is like, whatever, this isn't real fighting. It makes us look like turds, right? It makes us feel bad. and like, oh man, it sucks. But when someone like genuinely gives so much of a shit about this, it makes us proud to be fans. So when she comes out there, it really is. I mean, it's just the oldest trick in the book of professional wrestling is when somebody really cares and is excited and shares in our excitement for the love of the sport. Um, it's really, really magical. And and you guys talked about earlier, the match itself, you could see, I, I got visions of Hogan's hand trembling, right? When he sees Andre, right? Like, Jesus, look how big this is. Uh, the moment was huge. But again, there was that just electric current that we could all feel. Uh, the match itself was was great. It, it was just uh, the physical feats of strength that yeah. Bianca Belair did. Again, just put her over like Rover. Again, uh, physically, I think she can match up with anybody, whether it's Shayna Baszler, Charlotte Flair, uh, whomever. But I think she also has the work rate. She's got the cardio uh, to you know run with somebody like maybe uh, Io Shirai. You could do Sasha Banks again. Uh, did Shirai lose the belt? Who lost the belt to Raquel Gonzalez? Yo, Shirai, yes. So then maybe she could come up Friday, right, and be like, look, I'm the next big thing from NXT. Um, you know, I think, but this was just such a, uh, just a star-making performance. We've not, we've not really had a legitimate star-making performance like this, you know, geez, since, May, I want to say maybe WrestleMania 14, when Stone Cold beats Shawn Michaels, like in terms of like, we are seeing this brilliant star uh, yeah. reveal themselves to us. So, I mean, it was huge. Just like you said, Tank, I just want to echo those, those themes again. When 
something like this happens and, and history is being made, that just allows for opportunities and possibilities for all of us. That Absolutely. just like widens the margins for possibilities for everybody uh, when, when these people can be kind of on the frontier and really making dreams come true. Uh, and again, it just, as for us fans, we, we're the ones that benefit from it. We're the ones that have seen something that 100%. had not been seen before. And really, again, just makes you proud to be a fan because you saw someone who really cared, two people that really cared so much and leave it out there and knew how special the moment was uh the exact opposite of the finger poke of doom the cynicism of the finger yeah. poke of doom this is real and, and it was great or uh sting and hardy at uh, bound for glory <laughs> i was just watching that <laughs> no i and, and i think you know as far as like you know fan, fans of of, of wrestling I, I think that's why we're so critical sometimes because we know the potential that these superstars have and what what they want to be doing versus what they are being told to do and i, I and I, and i think we feel cheated not so much that we feel cheated but the the actual stars feel cheated because they're not they're not able to give 100% of who they truly are and and i think that's why and again we're so critical because we just want to see we just want to enjoy it and we don't want to, we don't want to talk shit about it we want to be like hey this is what's going on, and like we're we're a part of this. It, and I feel like I feel like right now wrestling isn't cool. But as of last night, from for that match, well, not last night, but when, when night one ended, and and, and I think uh, we're gonna see. And I, I've actually been a big proponent of this, and I, and I told Tanner the same thing. We're gonna see, and we're kind of in a, in a downslope right now, but we're gonna see an increase uh, of not only viewership. Uh, but it increased the reason that's going to happen is because there's going to be increase of better storytelling, better work rates, and, and, and it's going to be an, another exciting time uh, to be a wrestling fan. But uh, well, I'll go and leave it off with you, Mailman and, and Buck. Uh, what, what was y'all's thoughts? I, I mean, just to because I know time is short, like I in light of what you were just sharing, Tank, and especially because I feel like it hits on that same note. Um, about things to be proud of, about things to be excited about. Um, I I would be remiss, you know, in speaking about WrestleMania in a whole, if I didn't encapsulate very quickly how incredible that Austin Jericho interview was. Yeah. Like how amazing was it in 2021 to see the AEW title shown on a WWE network broadcast? This is and to have, but but to have again. to have Vince McMahon okay it too. I mean that, yeah, that speaks I mean. volumes. Yeah, and I mean Jericho when he speaks about the business is so riveting because of his ability. He and The Rock both, anytime they speak about the business, it comes from such an elevated um, and evolved mindset about the aspects that they look at and how like almost, almost four dimensionally they view the business and and the you know their positions in it and, and their contributions to it i was so enthralled the entire time and and austin was the perfect interviewer honestly like to give jericho that that platform that format um and speaks to the weight that he carries in the company that he was able to go to vince and say can we do this and vince said yeah absolutely um and to speak so freely and hear them talk about kenny omega and hangman page and the Young Bucks and all of these AEW properties with that WWE logo in the upper left-hand corner. Uh, it was so amazing. It just speaks to the absolute unthinkable wrestling world we're living in. And that that I, I always liken it to that scene at the end of Avengers Endgame. Whenever when you see the Guardians of the Galaxy, the Avengers, mm -hmm. you know, the the Black Panther, Wasp, Ant-Man, everybody together in that moment. And it's like watching your toy box come to life. It feels like we're on the cusp of that in the wrestling world right now. In that, I joked about the forbidden door. Like, how far open have we cracked this forbidden door to right. see an AEW and hear them speak openly about Ring of Honor and New Japan and all these things on a WWE broadcast with the with the guy with Stone Cold Steve Austin sitting there, WWE logo in the corner, the WWE Championship belts on the on the wall behind them. To hear them like kind of giving that platform which they didn't need to do to say like hey aew is this thing especially leading off of wrestlemania with like the millions of people who tune in and sometimes only tune in for mania and to be that to choose that to be what they see afterwards yeah unbelievable like absolutely unbelievable it gave me gave me chills sitting there watching it with you know with buck and the guys 
you know, we're riveted, silent, just watching this incredible, you know, incredible interview happen. And it just felt like we're on the cusp of something absolutely monumental in the days and, and weeks and months to come. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, if it brings us an Orange Cassidy versus Matt Riddle match, I'll be the first one in line for that one. Man. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I was thinking right, about it that. Interview. Yeah, it was a great no, interview. Ahead. I loved it. I want to bring up two things. Once, you know, WrestleMania on those rare occasions where a match takes on a life of its own and becomes less about the production of the match and more about just the match and the wrestlers themselves. Those are what are the special moments of WrestleMania. We got two of them this weekend. I felt like we got that with Cesaro and Seth Rollins. Mm -hmm. And then obviously with Bianca and Sasha Banks, I think both of them have the brightest of futures ahead of them. One last thing I want to drop. I didn't know who the hell Bad Bunny was a month ago, but and I think he's still, you know, the whole clown aspect of that. Yeah. Okay. But you know what? The guy has earned my respect. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yes. Kudos, <laughs> yeah. man. I can't believe we bl- I blanked on that too. Oh my god, yeah. Bad Bunny's my new hero. Yeah. It, 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 it's it's very it, it's very seldom that you actually appreciate a celebrity being in the ring with him. Uh you know, with other uh with, with legitimate wrestlers. Um I just I don't care how hard he works, uh how much work he puts in in the ring to to prepare. If I I yeah. swear to god, if we get like a, a Logan Paul match, I I, I hate wrestling forever <laughs> I, I don't i don't care what that guy does but we're not going to end it on that note um I, I do really appreciate you appreciate appreciate y'all's time today uh i think a lot of things were covered i mean we love this thing we love pro wrestling I and mean, we just want to see it uh strive and do great things the way we the way it, it, it captured our hearts as kids and and hopefully it continues to do so um but yeah just one more thing too i i just want to say again Well, a couple more things, a few more things. Uh, Buck, I'm so happy that you're here with us. Uh, You're a great addition uh, to to the Stable of Studs and the Stud Nation. Uh, I'm excited uh, for future episodes. Uh, Our California peeps, Mailman and Buck, are going to help us have more than one episode, uh, have more than one episode a week here. Uh, and because and, an hour just doesn't cut the mustard anymore. Uh, there's so much more to talk about. So I look forward to that. And, uh, of course, uh, a very special happy birthday to our stud member himself, Adam Danger. Uh, feel free. Uh, actually, no, don't feel free. Go do it right now. You're doing yourself a disservice if you're not listening to the Adam Danger Productions. So go to Spotify. Go to Apple Podcasts. Go wherever you find your uh, your your podcast. Uh, you know uh, wherever you find your podcast at. Wherever you listen to it, go subscribe right now. Uh, you will not regret it. And uh, of course, if you are interested in becoming a professional wrestler and you are in the San Antonio area, go to hit up Hybrid School of uh, uh, Hybrid School of Wrestling. Uh, hit up Chris Marvel. Hit up Mark. Um, He's not there anymore, but uh, just side note. Yeah, I I, I was kind of trained by Masada. No big deal. Uh, but, oh. you, you, you know, uh, just name dropping here a couple. But if you want great thing, if you want great results and, and you want to go to the best school, it's hybrid. Uh, but don't forget to follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and leave us a message on Anchor. Uh, that being said, I hope you all have a wonderful gu- night, guys. Thank you again for being on with me and uh, have a great day. Bye. Bye.